Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hey, hey, guess who's back in the new year? Oh, that's right, it's me, Nick, your host. This is Nick's Nerd News. We've made it to 2019. How about them apples, huh? Trying out some catchphrases, I guess. I hope everyone had a good Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and whatever you might celebrate in in the holidays, Festivus especially. And hopefully everyone had a a good new year. And uh, hey, 2018's behind us, right? Some people had a shitty 2018. Some people had an awesome 18. 2018 was an awesome year for games and gamers in general. Hell, it was just hit after hit after hit. You know, this year is going to be just... We're just going to get great games right right, right at the beginning of the year. You know, Kingdom Hearts 3, the 29th of this month. Then we're going right into February with some big hitters on the 15th. Anthem at the end of February. So uh, we got a lot of stuff coming soon, movies-wise as well. And, you know, we, 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 take, we took last week off, uh, the week before that, so we didn't get to talk a whole, about a whole, lot of, a whole lot of stuff. But I, I got a lot coming to you. And let, let's just kind of jump right into it, as always, right? That, that's how we start the show here. That's how, how it goes. If you're new to the show, welcome. If, if, if you're an avid listener, welcome back. And again, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get going here. Let's, I, I, I don't know what to say. You know, you take a week off and it's like, I'm not used to talking into microphone anymore. Anyway, let, let's kind of go into video games. So I, luckily I, I was able to have the, the week off of work to get some gaming in. Finished Assassin's Creed finally, which I severely underestimated how much more time I had left and how much more I had left to do in that game when I stopped playing for Red Dead Redemption 2. And I I, I put in a, probably another 65 hours. So I'm, I'm at around 110 hours right now. Finally bit, finished it. I, I finished the main story, I should say. I still have some other optional side quests and, and things like that that aren't aren't uh, impertinent to the, to the final campaign. And about five of those hours I spent trying to murder a minotaur. Yes, you can uh, fight mythical mythical beasts in the game. And surprisingly, the minotaur so far seems to be one of the toughest ones. Granted, uh, Medusa's tough as well. That one's a little easier than the minotaur, I've noticed, just because there's a lot more places to hide, and, and uh, she uses more ranged attacks than anything. But somehow the minotaur jumps around and gets the jump on you despite dodging and things like that, but that is a lot harder. The The uh, Cyclops was actually surprisingly not hard at all. And granted, I, I used a method of using mostly using mostly arrows and, and firing from afar. You know, ranged attacks do very well, and especially if you, you have an ability where you can have your weapons do flame damage or poison damage, and... Luckily, I, I used a method where I, I had flaming arrows, and it builds up a status effect on the enemies, and that works really well against against the Cyclops. So if, if you get to that point, that's what I would recommend. Um, that's what I would recommend doing, essentially, is, is using arrows. Make sure you're a higher level. I, I got uh, by the time I took on the Cyclops, I was I was post fifty, 
So that that's what I would recommend in that situation. But surprisingly, I I'm not gonna lie, Assassin's Creed Odyssey became in my top three for the year. Didn't beat out Red Dead for Game of the Year. I won't say that, but it was actually better than God of War, in my opinion, just in in terms of how the story went. Like, I, it, it's been a while since I've legitimately pumped 100 hours into a game to do everything. And, like, I didn't even... As much as I loved Red Dead Redemption, and like I said, Game of the Year, mainly off of the main story, and Arthur Morgan, and, and Dutch, and how they were written and everything... There were points where I didn't want to do the side missions because it just, or stranger missions, I should say, because it felt like a bit of a, a slog in, in, in some places, just because I, I don't want to say there's the game is buggy or anything, but it, it just movement wise, it wasn't as fluid as, as it could be. But honestly, a Red Dead Redemption 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and then maybe a toss up between God of War and Spider-Man. But I, I'm not even done with Assassin's Creed in terms of, you know, they're, they're constantly updating it with with DLC. There's going to be, they're expanding the story. Like, I just was able to fight another, a different Cyclops. I use the same strategy as the other one. I, I want to go back and fight this Minotaur and actually beat it. I want to fight and beat Medusa because there's actually another ending that has to do with Atlantis and, and things like that. But I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that because that's um, kind of getting into spoiler territory and, I, that, I don't have time to talk about it like that on, on this episode. But but yeah, I I've, honestly, I'm at 110 hours right now and have a having a really a lot of fun with the game. And the, the, the naval combat actually gets better and more intuitive. Just just being able to just climb every mountain peak in Greece and again and exploring all of the Greek islands in, in the Aegean Sea and everything like that was just was really fun. And I, I think I can honestly bump up. I think I'd put that, what, at a 9 or an 8.5 out of 10. I'm Honestly, I'm going to bump up Assassin's Creed to a 10 out of 10. Like the, like I said, 100% 10 out of 10, top, um, top 2, my second favorite game of the year. Like, no, no joke. So that, that was fun. Um, and obviously, in, in between that, I had... Um, was it I, I had Just Cause 4. I, I know I talked about that a little bit a little bit last episode before the end of the year and a solid meh for me. Solid whatever. It just it failed to resonate with me like the third one did and I just I don't know. I, I guess I got I got over it real quick. Six point five I'm gonna leave it at. You know they, they end the story on this note like uh, we'll go after uh, the agency, which is almost like a fill-in for the CIA. And I don't know if they're going to get a Just Cause 5. I don't know if they're going to wrap that up in DLC. But I, it just, it like I said, it, it felt like a step down from 3. The graphics looked worse. I mean, I know it was a new engine, and I, I hate to criticize them for that. But it's it's tough switching engines. But the whole idea of like the being able to control like the weather, which is like an aspect of this game, like you can get sandstorms and a blizzard, you can create tornadoes and and thunderstorms and things like this. It just there's no there was no appeal for that after you unlock the capability because um, it's all part of the story. But I, I don't know, and and I don't know if I'd ever go back. To just cause, like I said, the third one was so much fun. I had, uh, I had, and 
just dicking around, flying around, wingsuiting everywhere. Did not have the same same fun with the fourth one, and the it just felt clunky. The game felt clunky overall uh, with the weapons and the controls and everything. It just yeah, a letdown, letdown for me. That that's for damn sure. But hey, we got um. Let's kind of move away from that. But Spider Man PS4. Uh, turns out he's going to be getting his own comic series from Marvel, and that's launching in March. But uh, beyond that, uh, what what gamers have been clamoring for since the game came out is they finally released Insomniac Games, the makers of of it, finally announced and finally released. You can actually get it for free as of now. It's been out for a couple weeks. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man suit from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man uh, movies. Um, Insomniac never really said that they were ever going to do it. People always wanted it from the beginning. But as a free little holiday gift, they actually released it uh, for everyone to use and, and play around with in the game, which which is pretty awesome. Uh, pretty awesome, actually, because you get a photorealistic New York. It'd be awesome to have a, a costume from one of the best Spider-Man movies series. Let's see. Kingdom Hearts 3 had another trailer released. Uh, pretty much confirms you get to play as, I think it looks like Riku, Um they haven't officially said what character it is, but it based off the hair and everything, it looked like Riku. Uh, also showed off some really cool boss fights from the game, um, from from the Frozen Realm, from the um, Tangled Realm, and things like this. Some some cool looking bosses, if if you ask me. Um, one of them looked like a centaur, but it was like pulling a cart and buggy and stuff. That looked really awesome. That that fight. I mean, you you only get to see a tiny bit of it, but. No, no matter. I, I can't wait for this game. Um, under a month, people. Like I said, January 29th. We're going to start 2019 off with a bang when it comes to gaming. Um, let's see. In my daring crusade of fuck Fortnite, as I always say, uh, looks like Epic, the makers of Fortnite, are actually being sued um, by the Backpack Kid, who created the Floss Dance, and Alfonso Ribeiro, who... You might know as Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They're suing Epic uh, over the rights, or let me say, uh, over lack of, of um, I, I guess, uh, lack of... It has to do with copyright laws. I'm, I, I can't talk today, but it has to do with the copyright and lack, lack of compensation. That, that's what I was looking for in regards to Fortnite using and somewhat profiting off of their their dance moves. Uh, this is actually not the first time this has happened. A rapper, A. Millie, I think, was it, also sued Epic over it. And Donald Faison had made comments recently. Uh, that he is from Scrubs, Turk from Scrubs. Uh, but the, And Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs, actually said that Epic had reached out to them to use uh, the choreography. But apparently they didn't reach out to... Alfonso Ribeira or Backpack Kid. They just kind of took it off social media and went with it. We'll see how that turns out. Maybe we can finally get Fortnite off of our consoles and computers and phones and uh, bury it where it belongs. Uh, it's Smash Brothers Ultimate, which I hope a lot of you are playing and enjoying. I, I hope to get a Smash some point this year. A Smash, a Switch, and get Smash, obviously. Uh, sold 3 million... Over 3 million copies in 11 days, which is amazing. That's like, it's rock star numbers almost. And that means about one third, or not, no, sorry. Uh, a lot of Switch owners have Smash. Not, not one third, but a lot of Switch owners own Smash. I'm sure that will only go up as as the month and days go on. Especially after Christmas. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have final numbers after that. But 
Who knows? Uh, in terms of another video game character becoming a uh, comic book, so technically he was already a comic, but it was part of a prequel series that dealt with the Arkham games. But Arkham Knight, a version of the Arkham Knight, will be joining the proper DC Comics universe uh, with Detective Comics 1000 later this year. No word yet on if it's going to be Jason Todd again like he was in the game. Spoilers, game came out three years ago. But it's going to be maybe a new character. Costume's a little different. Still sports a sword and a gun, so still be just as deadly. But a version of the Arkham Knight will be joining the DC Comics proper, which is awesome because that was a, a interesting way to take the character in the Arkham Knight game, the, the final in the Arkham trilogy. What is this? Red Dead 2 beat Black Ops 4 for sales in November. No surprise there. Red, uh, I, I, I touched on it a, a, a few episodes back, but whenever a Rockstar game comes out is always the top-selling game for that month, usually that year, and otherwise it is a Call of Duty game for that month and year, usually, and, unless a Rockstar game comes out. No surprise. What was the surprise was Pokemon Let's Go cracked the top five, the Pikachu edition, and then right behind it at number six was, of course, Let's Go or Let's Go Pokemon Eevee Edition. What's this? Uh, Razer announced their f- uh, or put out essentially a picture of their first um, of that new Xbox focused keyboard that they announced at XO and I think a- another event prior to that. But it's essentially the first keyboard built for a console from the ground up, built for couch play, things like that. Uh, beautiful looking. Uh, keyboard as always with Razer. It does have the chroma capability so you can have the different colors. It is a what is that uh, mechanical keyboard I think they call it so it's got the the better keys and things like that and it actually has like a little slide out port for like a little mouse pad for the mouse which also has chroma ability. I think it is wireless so if you don't play on like a table or something it's got that little pull out so you can play it all on on sitting down on the couch essentially so if you don't have a, a table handy so that that's pretty awesome it will cost $250 pre-orders are live uh but it isn't due out for a couple months and since Xbox games are slowly adding keyboard support more and more to more games and uh maybe in Halo 5 which or Halo 6 Halo Infinite excuse me kind of going to this next story 343 confirmed four player split screen will be back at uh the love and adoration from all fans and what they really did not and were not happy about in Halo 4, especially since that cam- campaign kind of like wanted you to play four-player, but it didn't have split sp- split screen, which kind of sucked. Couch co-op has always been a staple of the Halo franchise before 5, and it, it, it is coming back, and that, that's pretty awesome to hear. But in the same place, 343, this was during um, one of their like live streams for the community. Uh, they're also going to... They're they're looking at reach, uh, for in terms of customization. I was never a big reach fan in general, but the customization in reach was amazing because you could customize pretty much every little detail about your your armor in multiplayer, which is awesome. They've kind of gotten away from that. Halo Five, you could only really pick your helmet, uh, color scheme, and like your whole body armor as a whole as a whole suit. So that that will be awesome to be able to fine tune everything again because that will help people really be different and be their own character um but they also said pc will be treated as first class citizens for halo infinite so that means halo infinite will probably release as a xbox play anywhere title it will probably be in game pass 
and it's going to be the first real Halo to launch on PC simultaneously as the Xbox version, and more than likely we'll probably have mouse and keyboard support on the console as well. So this is this is great to hear because I know a lot of people in the in the Halo community, especially or just gamers in general, have always wanted Halo on PC. I, I think first person shooters lend themselves well to PC, and this is a game that that really needs to be there. But uh, you know, I I've I've I'm a huge member of the of a Halo. I'm a huge Halo fan. I should just say. I, you know, we'll we'll talk about it in a second or towards the end of the show. With I, I got the Halo crate again from Loot Crate, but. To kind of tie into some of these announcements they made, I just wanted to read a quote from uh, studio head Bonnie Ross. She's actually uh, being honored and inducted into the Academy of Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame. And this is an interview she had with VentureBeat. She said, It's really the fans' universe just, just as much as their own. And honestly, we have made mistakes along the way. The community has helped us in creating good learning experiences for us. But I think when I look at Halo... The universe is the most important character, and we are stewards of the universe, she said. The whole team looks at this not just as our universe, it's the fans' universe, Ross continued. It is part of our culture, the precious, precious world, and we're responsible for taking care of it, and we want to do it right. The work that they have done, the, the work we're doing on Halo Infinite, is something that I am so proud of. And and you can kind you kind of got that with the first Halo Infinite announced trailer at E3, where they kind of changed... They went to the classic look almost for Chief, and uh, almost they it felt like the original Halo in terms of, of setting and, and and design and things like that. And and if you're unaware, the Halo community has been very split over the art direction between uh, after Halo Reach with Halo Four, Halo Five, um, the the three four three games, the elites look different. Um, the the armor is just almost too. Um, there's too much going on. It's not as simple as it used to be. Things like that. So, I, I, if 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 you've been around the Halo community, you you understand this. And and I, I've uh, watched enough and and read enough and love love the game so much that that I understand where things are coming from. Something some changes I've been happy with. Like I, I I'm a I'm a a supporter of Halo Five. I love multiplayer. I know a lot of people actually say this, but multiplayer in Halo Five was probably the best multiplayer since Halo Two maybe Halo 3, and the campaign. I'm a defender of the campaign. I know a lot of people hated that campaign. I liked it, probably because I knew a whole lot of what was going on, because I'm baked in where I read a lot of the, the spinoff books and, and things like that. So uh, there's a lot of lore baked into that campaign. But this is a good move coming from Bonnie Ross, the studio head at 343. She wants to make sure that they satisfy the fans, but also move Halo forward in a way that works for everyone. And I'm excited and I can't wait to hear more for Halo Infinite. I know they they did some other teasers and things and said something like this is the the coolest they think this is the coolest master chief master chief design they've done in a long time. So I'm I'm excited to see excited to see where this goes. I I, I hopefully Infinite won't be um too far away. I maybe not a 2020 release. Who knows it it could um or excuse me, maybe hope hopefully a 2020 release and not 21 or anything like that. And hell, maybe they, it could come out this year to the surprise of everyone, but who knows. Uh, to just kind of round up video games, uh, it is a new month, and with a new month means new PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold games. This month for Games with Gold, uh, there's Celeste, which is a lot of people's on list of best games of 2018. It's a, a platformer. World Rallycross 6, 
Far Cry 2 is part of the backwards compatible, and then Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, which was kind of like a top-down twin-stick shooter type game. And over at PlayStation Plus, uh, Steep, Portal Knights, Zone of the Enders, Fallen Legion, and Amplitude. And a couple of those are PS3 games, so just be aware. I know that will cease to exist um, early this year. Only PS4. They're not going to do Vita or PS3 games anymore, so just be on the, the lookout for that. Kind of uh, kind of slow for, for TV, because it's winter hiatus, essentially, for a lot of shows. Did get some news. Unexpected cameos for The Mandalorian show. Expect to see IG-88 and Bosk, two uh, bounty hunters that have had a lot of expansion in the old Expanded Universe and the new Disney canon. Especially Bosk, because he was in some Clone Wars episodes. He's a Trandoshan. Uh, he's that lizard-looking one that's in Empire Strikes Back. And then IG-88 is a droid bounty hunter. He's the droid, obviously, in uh, Empire Strikes Back. So if, if you're wondering what to look, what those look like, or head on over to uh, Wikipedia, the source for all things Star Wars. I, I know I spend a great deal of time on there reading about new canon and old ex- expanded universe. Um, looks like uh, so Weird Al, the the great comic singer, is joining the show Happy. I think that's on FX. Um, that's that show where the guy has like a drug overdose or, or something and sees like a, a flying unicorn going around. But Weird Al is going to be joining, voicing a smoking adult baby <laughs> covered in tattoos and stuff. So that'll be interesting to see how, how um, he brings that character to life. Hopefully it doesn't stop him from, from doing another album or anything like that. We got the first trailer for DC's Doom Patrol, which is on their DC Universe streaming website. And... Cyborg is in it, and Cyborg just seems a little off to me. And the movie version looked a whole lot better, and the movie version didn't look great. But the Cyborg in the show, they're they're going probably getting around having to spend too much on on um, computer effects by having him wear like a tracksuit. But his face just does not not look good, not look good at all. But Hey, that, that show's going to be airing soon. Uh, Netflix's Dark Crystal has cast Taron Egerton, Nath- Natalie Emmanuel, who, if you don't know, is Miss Onde from Game of Thrones, and Mark Hamill, the ever-wonderful, amazing voice star Mark Hamill. Most of you know him as Luke Skywalker. <laughs> uh, he also was an amazing Joker on Batman the Animated Series and the Arkham games and everything like that. I think he's playing the villain on the Dark Crystal and look out for that, because Dark Crystal is supposed to premiere this year. Netflix also renewed its Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, for part three and four, which are kind of like their seasons. And speaking of Netflix, I was able to get in Narcos Mexico, and oh shit, I, I think Narcos Mexico is better, if if not as good, as season three of old Narcos. Like, Narcos Mexico is Awesome. So it tells the story this time of the starting of the Sinaloa cartel, essentially, the ones who are causing a lot of problems at the border for Mexico and and the U.S. and things with the drug trade and everything like that. But, you know, it starts how it shows how El Chapo's in it. But when he was just a lowly member in the cartel, this one stars Diego Luna, who is also Cassian Andor from Rogue One, as... um, Miguel Angel Felix, uh, who who essentially started the cartel and helped start 
um, had one of the the largest weed operations in in history, and uh, this it's just an awesome show. The characters are cool. Uh, M- Michael Pena's in it. He plays a DEA officer named Kiki Camarena, uh, a real DEA officer who was actually um, killed by the cartel. This this isn't spoilers, people. This is history. This is facts. Like you can't spoil a show based on on truth and reality, but Great show. Can't wait for season two, which was already announced. And uh, if, if any of the characters were, were my favorite, it had been Don Neto, who's this just like this character who just degaffs all the time. I, I doubt he was this of a compelling person in reality. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm holding a, a drug dealer and possibly ruthless killer up on a pedestal, but the way they portray his character in the show is, is great. But that's it for for TV, really. Um, before I get into movies, actually, let's take a quick break because I, I want to end the show with my Aquaman review, which which can't wait to talk about that. I did see Aquaman, but let me let me just do the my loot crates, um, and then we can just finish off the show with the movies. We don't have to go back and forth or anything like that. So December's theme was scavenge for the loot ca- loot crate proper. Pin was an awesome lost in fa- uh, lost in space pin. Um, it's the the face of the robot, or he's an alien in the new one, right? I'm not entirely sure. This awesome T-shirt, which is Dungeons and Dragons, but it looks like um, like if you ever bought a model, it has those parts that you have to like poke out of the plastic holder, um, where it's got like the I, I don't know how to explain it, but it like where you if you built a model, you poke the pieces out of this sheet of plastic essentially and that's like your D&D characters and that's what's uh, on the shirt. They had a awesome Fallout exclusive uh, little figurine of like a um a vault boy kind of holding a metal detector. Uh that one went to one of my good friends who's a big Fallout fan. Some awesome Bumblebee pins. Uh one of uh, a beetle, essentially, before uh, Bumblebee transformed, and then like a flaming Autobot symbol. That's really cool looking. And unfortunately, it didn't come in this crate. It, it's supposed to be here this month. They had some shipping issues. Um, but a, a awesome Escape from New York Snake Plissken eye patch. Uh, but to make up for that, you actually get this awesome like poster of Escape from New York with Snake Plissken on it. Escape from New York's an awesome movie. One of my favorite action movies, actually. And uh, excited to get that. Didn't get loot wear just yet. I'm sure with the holidays, the shipping and everything like that was delayed. So not not unexpected. And I'll, I'll talk about that soon. Granted, loot wear tends to come late quite often lately. But I also got my Halo crate. Uh, Halo Legendary crate is uh, officially what it's called. This month's theme was support. But it actually focused on... Uh, like I said, Halo Reach isn't my f- favorite Halo game, as I, I said a little while back, but if anything came from Hollow Reach that I love, it's the character Jorge 052, and he's a member of Noble Team, probably my second favorite Spartan, and this month's crate was all about him. You get his dog tags, you get an awesome little, um, like a journal that was supposed to be his, like it's got his name embossed on it. This awesome little figure of him, and holding, because he carries around like a, um, a... Not like a gun emplacement that he pulled off, because in Halo you can pull the gun emplacements off. An awesome shirt with him holding the gun, and it's got this almost like blueprint-looking look on the shirt. And then a scorpion pin. So it's a pin of the scorpion tank from the game. And this made me really happy, because like I said, Jorge 
052. He's actually a Spartan 2. He's not a Spartan 3 like the rest of Noble Team and Halo Reach. But he's he is one of my second favorite Spartans. Uh, he sacrifices himself in the game to help uh, the rookie, or Noble 6, essentially allow the fight to continue on that humanity doesn't lose completely. Because <laughs> um, if you played any Halo game, you know that Reach gets wiped out. But allows Noble 6 to get to the point where uh, he fights to save allow Master Chief to escape, essentially. And I I am very, very happy that I got, got this to show off my awesome fandom. Because sometimes you just get all stuff focused on Chief, and it's it's good to have, uh, to show some love for some other Spartans. And, and I did really enjoy that. But uh, two awesome crates this, this month, and I, I, I was happy that that came. But let's get on to movies now. So, big, big, big happenings in December. We got our first Hellboy trailer for the new Hellboy reboot that's coming out this year. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. It looks good. David Harbour as Hellboy looks interesting. Accent, not feeling that right now. I don't know what he's doing with his voice. Hopefully that was just a thing for the trailer. They can go back and fix that maybe. But this is a different take. Uh, a little closer to the comics, according to Mike Mignola, the, the creator of Hellboy. Uh, so this in this one, Hellboy is known by the public, and he can walk around freely and things like this. So it's not like the Ron Perlman, Guillermo del Toro ones where it was kind of a secret. But the set, the character design looks awesome. Some of the other things he's going to be interacting with looks great. It is going to be rated R, so they're they're not going to pull any punches or anything like that. So it it should be should be good to see where this goes. And granted, it was just a teaser trailer, so can't make a whole lot off of that. But it looks like they're gonna make full use of the R rating, which is which is great, because that's what Hellboy needs. Also got a, a trailer for Men in Black International. Looks like it's not going to be a full reboot, um, like, like was rumored. Um, Emma Thompson's character is still in it as playing Agent O from Men in Black 3, and uh, there's an awesome callback to J and K in, in a scene in the trailer. But it, actually, it's we're going to focus on Tessa Thompson, who is a New Yorker who finds out about the MIB on her own, surprisingly. Uh, but then she gets sent to Europe to work with one of their best guys, and it's actually Chris Hemsworth's character, and Liam Neeson is in charge of the Men in Black branch over there, which is great. And it looks like it's staying true to the Men in Black uh, from what we've come to know before, at least for the movies, maybe not necessarily the TV shows. But it, it this one looks like it falls more in line with, with the original Men in Black movie. While I did like Men in Black 2... Men in Black 3 was hit or miss, but this looks like it's going to be going back to that one. Good use of comedy, things like that. But again, it's it's just a teaser trailer, so we can't garner too much off of that. All we can do is speculate, and I'm just speculating that both of these movies are going to be good. Uh, they showed off um, Entertainment Weekly, which always gets like first look at movies, showed off what Will Smith will look like as the genie, and god damn it, what the fuck were they thinking? Like, he's got this weird, like, pigtail thing coming off his hair. The beard looks weird. Thank God they followed up, like, a few days later and said that Genie's going to be mostly CGI in the movie. So he'll be his blue self. Because if I would have had a look at that the whole movie, I, that would have been just distracting. And I would not have appreciated that. Um, but they did show off some other pictures. And that the movie looks great. Jafar looks cool. Jasmine and, and the Sultan look awesome. The set design and costume design look amazing they just look amazing and it will make the movie visually appealing and that's what you need in a movie because if it's not visually appealing you don't want to sit there and watch it the whole time because you just be like i can't even bother to look at the screen but that that's got a good thing going for it with that with the 
costume design and everything like that. Uh, also got news that the Joker movie has wrapped filming. Um, that doesn't mean production's done, but filming's done. So I would expect a trailer soon for that. Probably won't be too long. Looks like uh, so Adam McKay, who is fresh off of, um, who is fresh off of directing Vice, the somewhat biopic of about Dick Cheney, starring Christian Bale, which I did see. Not going to talk about that movie because it's more of a political movie. I could go on and on about things I did and didn't like about that movie, but not going to talk about it. But Adam McKay actually announced that he was approached about directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and turned it down, which is interesting to say the least. Looks like a lot of people, maybe out of their love or friendship for James Gunn, don't want to do it, which is also kind of funny since a movie he probably should have directed, Holmes and Watson, uh, started out at 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, has only risen to about 8%. Apparently people are walking out of the theater, especially in England, and just think it's the it's probably one of the worst movies all year, if not the worst of the year. And and it says a lot that maybe Adam McKay shouldn't have walked away from directing um shouldn't have walked away from directing Will Ferrell and and um John C. Riley cuz I'm sure it would have been better with a, a different director at the helm. But who knows? Who knows? I still want to see that movie. I'm, I guess I'm just going to wait for it to be on TV. Um, in a blow for the Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, Sean Levy, the director, has walked away. I, I don't know if it's over creative differences or timing or things like that, but looks like that movie's not, never going to get off the ground. I don't know why they were going with a young Nathan Drake anyway. That doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Uh, who knows? Uh, Lion King will not be a shot-for-shot remake. Well, they did say that you do have to do certain things that are loved because that film is a classic at this point. Uh, some things will be new, but they will try to do as much as they can from the original by staying true and not not ruining the legacy of the original. Um, what's this? Uh, Mortal Engine. Speaking of flops, Mortal Engines actually is going to be one of the biggest flops of the year. And uh, I came to find out that Peter Jackson didn't actually direct it, but like his cinematographer did, and uh, that's probably why you're using Peter Jackson's name. But that's all you can really do on a on a hunk of shit, I guess, is to try and make it b- better. You can't polish a turd, right? That's what they always say. Whatever. I, I guess that's just gonna be a, a TV movie for me as well. Got some Marvel news. Uh, Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Studios, announced that they could start developing the former Fox properties within six months. So the Fox-Disney merger is expected to go through by the end of this month. So that means by June, we could have announcements for uh, the rebooted X-Men under the Marvel or Marvel Cinematic Universe, the rebooted Fantastic Four, and uh, a whole lot of, of different properties, which is awesome. So that means Phase 4, we could see the new versions of these beloved and timeless Marvel characters. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, We also got a first look at Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, Mysterio, the villain of Spider-Man Far From Home. He's the the magician villain who wears like a dome and creates visions and things like that. Granted, it wasn't really a a real look at it because it was more like concept art. But we'll, um, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure a trailer for that will drop soon, but probably they might wait till after um, 
after Avengers Endgame because you know Peter faded away into dust and all that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's it's it's weird. Uh, granted, they showed a trailer at Brazil Comic Con, but not here. So, oh, that's right, because American audiences are dumb and wouldn't understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just said that. Was this uh, Ava DuVernay, um, who d- most recently directed was that movie um, with Chris Pine? Uh, anyway. I don't remember. Uh, she teased her New Gods movie. So she posted on Instagram a picture of of the... Uh, what are they? They're all New Gods. But the Gods of New Genesis. So like the High Father, Orion, people like that. As opposed to the the Gods of, of Dark... Of Apocalypse, like Darkseid and stuff. So teasing that she's getting to work. Making sure she's focusing on those characters. I, th- I thought it's really odd that DC is going with a, a New Gods movie. Granted, that can set up how Steppenwolf was the villain in, in Justice League. It could set up Darkseid and things like that. And and it could... You can go a whole lot of different ways with that. Um, maybe we'll get a Mr. Miracle movie with Scott Free. Who knows? But I, I don't know. I do not know. But what I do have today is I have two movies to talk about. And the first of which, which I won't spend too much time on, is I was able to see Mary Poppins Returns. I went to the movies with my mom and grandma. You know, cue the aww. But but anyway, uh, Mary Poppins Returns. It was okay. It was okay. Um, Emily Blunt did awesome as as Mary Poppins. Lin-Manuel Miranda is always superb in everything he does. But, but, I will say this. The songs were not memorable. The story was tired. But to, to counter that, uh, the set design and the costume design were amazing just at, blowing my mind in 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 everything and it it felt like you were watching an old musical which always felt like you were watching a filmed stage adaptation where everything is just happening right there there's not a whole lot going on in the background you can tell it's on a sound stage or or on a stage for real and the it just they it felt real and lived in, which is awesome. And the there's a it it's almost like exactly like the first movie, even though it's a sequel where there's similar circumstances and uh, the musical numbers play out in in similar ways. There's also an animated segment um, where it's real people inside a, a cartoon environment, and and that's where the costume design was, in my opinion, the best because the costumes look like. So they, they essentially go into onto like a, a China bowl, a, a bowl of made of China. And the, the costumes that they're wearing in this scene look like look like they were painted by watercolors. So it looks like how an artist would paint their outfits if they were actually characters on this painted bowl. And it looks amazing. And I'm like, oh, I know what's gonna be at the the top of everyone's like cosplay this year or Halloween is like these fucking costumes because those are they would look amazing in real life and of course on a giant blue uh, 4K screen uh, projector I should say they look phenomenal and if it doesn't get nominated for an Oscar for set design or costume design then the Academy has their heads up their asses is what I'll fucking say but but let's get down but yeah it was okay uh, six. Uh, yeah, six and a half out of ten. It was okay. Uh, my parent, my mom really liked it. My grandma really liked it. But like I said, the, the music just wasn't fun. I was actually bored at points sitting in the theater. And and you that's never a good thing. You don't want to be bored in a movie because then you regret paying 
that X amount of money you paid for your ticket, wherever you might be going and paying. But let's get down to the real, the real review here, and that is for Aquaman. And as always, because this is the end of the show, there will be spoilers. And I will clearly note that, so that way you can click away and wait for next week. But Aquaman was, oh my god, the best DC movie since Wonder Woman, if not, uh, uh, um, I, I, I don't know. But this movie was straight 10 out of 10 for me. The visuals were amazing. The world building was was next to none. And the music just was great. Because it, it almost sounded... It almost had this um, Daft Punk Tron Legacy vibe for the music. But everything just worked. Everything worked. And like I said, the visuals were... You need to go watch this on one of the biggest, brightest screens you can find, not just some rinky-dink theater, because they probably have a shit projector and it will not look good. But I I almost want to go back and see it in IMAX 3D, because this movie was was beautiful to look at. The colors were vibrant and awesome. The 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 CGI was amazing. And and the, the everything underwater just oh man, it I haven't watched a movie with my mouth uh, um with like jaw dropping visuals like this in a long time. And I saw really good movies this year that would cause that. Like Ready Player One, uh, Avengers Infinity War, you know, Ant Man of the Wasps. But no the visuals in this movie, oh man, I, I was just wowed the whole time. Jason Momoa is great as Aquaman. I liked the stuff with, with Amber Heard as Mira was great. Patrick Wilson as Orm, um, Arthur's half-brother. Oh man, he's he he knows how to play a villain. You know, you, you, you're so used to him being like a good guy and, and the quiet one and, and the guy investigating paranormal things in like the Annabelle movies, but oh damn. He pulled. He was able to pull off a villain. And and speaking of villains, while Aquaman isn't one of my favorite characters, his villain, his main villain, Black Manta, is. And Yahya Abdul Mateen is able to play that character perfectly. You know, someone who's got this weird vengeance for Aquaman over something trivial. It makes sense because that's how people would react in situations today. But his costume. I have been waiting such a long time for someone to get Black Manta look to look right on in live action. And this Black Manta is is off the charts amazing. Hell, there's even a, a little uh, Easter egg to the old school look of Black Manta, like from the old um like uh Super Friends cartoons and things like that. But this new one Oh, and, and and explains how he's able to like shoot lasers out of his eyes and things like that and this whole fake tension of uh, uh, the story revolves around um, Orm essentially wanting to invade the surface world and crush the surface world because of, of all the damaging things they've done. There's there's a slight bit of environmental message, but but that's warranted. That's it fits with the story. It it it's a real thing. But oh shit, this movie blew my mind in a way I did not expect it to. Uh, granted, I wasn't going in with extremely high expectations. I wasn't going in with low ones either. Because I, I'm a I'm a staunch defender of the DC movies. I, I really like Justice League. I love Batman vs Superman, but James Wan was able to achieve something not many people expected with Aquaman. 
and it, it's breaking records everywhere. It was blowing up the, the, the records in China in terms of making money. It had one of the best Christmas weekends in a long time for a movie. It looks like it's it's on track to actually be the best DC Universe film since The Dark Knight Rises in terms of box office success. While it's it's still at the bottom of the... This is according to Box Office Mojo. It's at 189.375 as of today, January 1st. And Justice League's 229, Man of Steel's 291, Suicide Squad is 325. I guarantee you that it will definitely beat it will definitely beat Justice League's. It will more than likely beat Man of Steel's, and I wouldn't be surprised if it actually beats Wonder Woman or gets close to it. Because as of right now, Aquaman is actually number three for worldwide at 751. Wonder Woman was 821. Batman vs Superman was 873. So I, I would not be surprised if it ends up uh, breaking a billion. Would be the first DC Extended Universe or Worlds of DC, whatever they call their their thing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it breaks that because it 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 had a very low drop from weekend to weekend. If 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 you're in the biz, you you know that they track percentage drops between weekend one and weekend two, and while it didn't have as big of an opening as the other ones did, it, it did have some competition, okay? It did have some competition to go up against, but it's already shaping up to be... Hell, it's already made more foreign than Wonder Woman did, which is a huge difference in itself. But it, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes on to make a, a whole lot of money, because it... Let me put it in perspective for you. Opening weekend, it made $67 million. Second weekend, $52 million, which is about a 22% drop. Okay, Wonder Woman, on the other hand, made, let's see, $103 million on its first weekend. And, uh, and then weekend two made $58 million. So that's a, that's a 43% drop. And granted, Wonder Woman had high praise... Batman vs. Superman, all the other ones didn't necessarily. So weekend one, Batman vs. Superman made 166 million. Weekend two, 51 million. That's a 69% drop. So if you take all those into consideration, granted those didn't do as well in China as Aquaman did, you can kind of guess to see where that's going to be going in in the next couple months. Uh, probably, I, I foresee Aquaman staying in theaters probably until mid-February early March based off box office numbers. Hell, it it's beat out now um Mary Poppins two weeks in a row. It's beat out um Bumblebee two weeks in a row, which Bumblebee is has really high praise as well. Granted, Mary Poppins did better the second week, but still, Bumblebee I'm gonna try and see that this weekend. I'm I'm hoping to to get that in. I do want to see that I, I I enjoy the Transformers franchise mostly. But you know they're they're kind of riding on little faith at this point. But but we'll we'll see how that goes. I do want to see Mule. Um, I heard that's kind of slow. But again, Aquaman's amazing. And I'm gonna stop right here for a second. But because I, I want to get into spoilers in a little bit. But you know, again, like I said at the end of of the last episode, thank you guys for for coming on this journey with me. You know, the last six months have been awesome. We're starting a new year. We're into 2019 now. Uh, we're going to have some awesome things coming in the pipeline for Nick's Nerd News. Uh, the website, like I said, should be up soon. 
I, I was hoping to have it, um, hoping to have it up a little sooner, but you know, life gets in the way of things, but going to have some cool things on there, some written stuff on there. And, um, I'll, I'll of course just stay tuned to my social media. Of, of course you guys can listen to me on Spotify, iTunes, Google play, you know, all the good places hoping to get on, on iHeartRadio soon. I know some people listen there. Follow me on social media. Just search Nick's Nerd News. And uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Always post funny stuff there. Uh, Facebook as well. Always got fire memes. And um, thank you guys. And I'm excited to, to start this new year. And a whole lot of episodes coming your way. And uh, you'll be getting my soft, sweet, sultry voice on movies, news, and video games. I, I know you guys love to hear that. But... Um, Right now, like I said, I am going to get into spoilers for Aquaman. But if not, hopefully, like I said, you guys had a good holiday, had a good New Year's. On to 2019, let's set some realistic goals for ourselves, huh? This uh, this whole nonsense around New Year's resolutions is a failed experiment. People need to stop doing that. But let's get right into spoilers for Aquaman. And they start now. Anyway, Aquaman, like I said, 10 out of 10, amazing, loved it. So the movie starts, and it's uh, it starts with a bit of a backstory. So it's got Arthur's parents meeting. Awesome use of Tamura Morrison, who you might know as um, all the clones in the Star Wars prequels. And we're introduced to Nicole Kidman's Queen Atlanta, uh, essentially the Queen of Atlantis, and and their little love story. And then it it transitions to modern day. She actually um, is taken back to Atlantis um, by some Atlantean soldiers, and and then we transition to modern day. Uh, there's some offhand remarks to uh, the whole events of Justice League. People talk about the Aquaman on, on the news and things like that. But then we actually cut to a Russian submarine being attacked by Black Manta's crew. And it's an awesome scene. They use um, they use some awesome visuals. Black Manta has this stealth sub that he actually stole, which kind of fits in line with his, his comics and uh, other counterparts. But... That that's really awesome. But then then Aquaman actually comes in and, and joins the fight. He saves the Russians, um, kicks Black Manta's crew's ass, and I uh, actually meet Black Manta's father. They're they're essentially modern pirates, and um, they get into a fight with Aquaman. Black Manta's father gets stuck under a missile, and Aquaman has a chance to keep the father from dying, essentially, and he doesn't. And that kind of sets off in this motion of of Black Manta's hatred for for Aquaman, which kind of falls in line with some of his original interpretations in the comics and things like Aquaman didn't save him this one time and uh, Aquaman killed his father and some other things. Anyway, it works. And then we cut around. Uh, Aquaman's on land. Mira comes to talk to him to try and get him to, to join the fray. He's like, I'm not a hero, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then, then what you see next, actually, is uh, a meeting essentially, of King Orm, Patrick Wilson's character, uh, Arthur's half-brother. Arthur is is Aquaman. Um, meeting with King Nereus of the Kingdom of Zebel, which is... So, uh, there's actually seven kingdoms under the sea that go in line with every sea, every one of the seven oceans, essentially. Um, King Nereus is actually played by Dolph Lundgren, Mira's father. And they're, they, they're at this meeting, and they're actually attacked by a submarine. But, if you actually notice... That submarine is the same submarine that Black Manta was trying to steal earlier in the movie. So then he uses that as a way of attacking, uh, for justifying his war on the surface. 
and the next scene you actually see Aquaman's driving with his father back to their home lighthouse, and you actually see this giant tidal wave with like an army destroyer on it being coming and crashing onto land. And then the next day, you know, there's news reports of war ships being blown onto the land by massive tidal waves that struck everywhere on the Atlantic seaboard. The trash from the Pacific is just back on the beaches and um, people are like, what is this? Does this have to, something to do with the Aquaman? And uh, people are all like, it's all just weather. Then there's this crazy guy played by, um, oh man, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Fresh Off the Boat. And he was, he played Kim Jong-un in the interview, the James Franco movie. But he's this like crazy conspiracist who believes in, in the Aquaman and Atlantis and all this stuff. And everyone doesn't believe him. But it turns out that it was actually Orm trying to justify his war on the surface without actually de 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 um, declaring war. Because he the, the whole purpose of his story is he's trying to become what's called the Ocean Master, where he gets uh, approval from all the kingdoms under the sea to it, uh, be able to, to wage war. And that, that's it. The Ocean Master is his character in, in the comics. But, uh, and, and, then it, and then we find out Arthur goes to Atlantis with Mira to try and um, sway things over. Then they then they embark on a quest, essentially, to get um, Qu King Atlan, who is like the first king of, of um, Atlantis, essentially, before it sunk into the ocean, to get his trident. Because if you have his trident, you have, like, control over the oceans and some bullshit. But they, they go on this awesome story. They go to Sicily. They go to the Arabian Desert, all over the place, to try and find... To try and find the trident and it's this awesome story a la like indiana jones things like uh, things like that and it, it's a really awesome story and we also meet the different kingdoms under the ocean like there's the fisherman kingdom who kind of look like mermaids and there's the um zebel like i mentioned with king nereus there's the trench which is a new addition to the the aquaman mythos where there are these like creatures that live in the deep dark depths and then there's the crustacean or was it excuse me, the Brine Kingdom, and they're these awesome crab-looking creatures, um, but they're like uh, uh, anthropomorphized crab creatures. But wh what's really awesome, like I said, the world building, is when you go to Atlantis, when you go to the Fisherman Kingdom, when you go to Zebel and, and the Brine Kingdom and stuff, the things that James Wan or his team came up with in terms of like design of the different like regions and shit, I, I, like... It reminded me of Star Wars a lot, actually, because e even though it's Earth and underwater and things like this, they're actually more technologically advanced than we are. Um, and, like, obviously Atlantis, everything is very sea life inspired. Like, they use, um, like, whales to pull, like, their, their truck, their carts and things like that under the ocean. They have these awesome ships that are all very inspired by manta rays almost and have um uh like turtle looking like carriers and things like that they also ride um horse uh sharks which is fucking amazing looking by the way uh zebel rides like what are called sea dragons where they're like giant seahorses with like legs almost they look fucking awesome too um the brine kingdom has these awesome like giant walking crabs almost because there's this really awesome a battle scene towards the end of the movie because they they want to um they won't submit to Orm's plans and they they fight him essentially and the other three kingdoms. But what's what's really cool actually right before that 
is Aquaman and Mira actually have to go to the where the trench live and to find uh, the lost sea, essentially, which is in this vortex at, at, in the trench kingdom. And it turns out that the lost sea is at the center of the earth, um, which is filled with giant crystals, as it's often portrayed. But in this like place where time has almost been forgotten, like dinosaurs are rolling around, they actually find uh, Aquaman's mother, and they find where the trident has been hidden. And you meet this, uh, there's this giant creature that actually protects the trident. And it turns out it's, it's, that's who Julie Andrews is voicing in the movie. And there's this epic scene where this, it, it's a leviathan essentially, almost like a, a kraken, just bursts out of the fucking ground where it's just like lava and shit during the fight between the Brine Kingdom and Orm's people and all this shit. And it just fucking destroys and lays waste to everything and this is where aquaman like uses his epic power of being able to control sea life and and they do the sound from the super friends too which is hilarious where it's like he touches his head and like these like rings go out and they like they make those um almost like a radar sound and then this just fucking swarm of millions of like whales and dolphins and fish and sharks and shit just come and just attack everyone and, and it coincides with this epic battle up on, um, they go up, up to the surface and uh, Ocean Master, Patrick Wilson's character, puts on uh, his comics mask. Essentially, it's this awesome like liquid metal type thing that kind of like moves with his face. And Aquaman and him have this epic fight on top of a ship at the surface where like all, all the different kingdoms and shit are watching. And, and he puts them in his place. Essentially uh, becoming king of the oceans and shit. And just awesome. Awesome all around. And I can't fucking wait to watch this movie again. Like I said, if I don't go see Bumblebee this weekend, I want to go see this fucking thing in IMAX. Because it's just a beautiful movie. Awesome soundtrack. Just awesome all around. World building's great. Uh, Some people are like, oh, there's too much going on. I'm like, yeah, those people can go fuck themselves. Because this movie was just, uh, oh man... I I cannot praise it enough, and this is what makes me excited for the DC movies moving forward. I think Shazam will be great. I think solo movies is their way to go until they can justify having a team-up movie again. Granted, I, I do like Justice League. I think it didn't work because it just... You're you're expecting people to know about these this team of people right off the bat, and it, it, it didn't allow for the proper build up like we don't need to build up for batman we don't need to build up for superman anymore we only really got that for wonder woman before justice league now we're getting aquaman after the fact we're not i don't know when the flash movie's coming out i think the cyborg movie got quietly put on hold so it'll be interesting to see what what where they go in the future i think uh, uh, justice league 2 is an inev- is inevitable i think it will be done it will be handled better next time it won't obviously it won't be an amalgam of two directors work being smashed together it will benefit from the 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 love and adoration people have for these characters but i'm excited to see where things go but that that was kind of it my my i just kind of want to go over the plot a little of of, of aquaman and, and say just how fucking cool things were but I, I already said thank you guys for listening. On to 2019 for bigger and better things. I'm Nick. This was Nick's Nerd News. Catch you guys on the flip side.